Welcome to the Studio Talk podcast. I'm Xiomara Sosa, your co-host. Every week, we speak to our community members to teach them about mental health through education and awareness, and our hope is to inspire them through social change advocacy. We also interview community members and other mental health professionals, clinicians, healers, students, and wellness professionals. Our style is storytelling. Everyone has a mental health story to tell. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional and is not a substitute for psychological diagnosis or treatment. It's purely educational and purely social change advocacy. If you find yourself in any sort of mental health emergency or distress, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room. Hi everyone, this is Xiomara. Welcome to Studio Talk Podcast Season 2, Episode 3. Today we're going to be talking about mental health in the holiday season. Um, one of the things that I do want to talk about before we even start is that there's some random construction going on in this in the building where we're at, in the studio. It's stopped right now, but we don't know. You might hear it later and we're going to Hope that J-Rock can kind of tune it out when he does his thing so that you guys can listen to us without all of that noise in the background. But we do apologize for that ahead of time, and we are aware of it. All right, so we're going to get into this subject, um, you know, because tis the season, and everybody's got their issues when it comes to the holiday season. And so one of the things that Victoria and I were just talking about um, before we started recording is that Neither of us necessarily have negative experiences or issues with the holidays coming around. But we seem to be in the minority Mm -hmm. in this case because, you know, from some of the research that we did and just generally our clients and the world as it is, most people do have to deal with some kind of, you know, either low-level holiday blues or, you know, depression or loneliness or sadness, and other people have real triggering experiences over it and just prefer not to deal with the holiday season. And there's a lot of reasons for that, right? Because there could be um, family um, of origin, history, you know, childhood issues and that kind of thing. Um, There could be, you know, if you were born and raised in poverty and that affected how your holidays went compared to everybody else. Um, And so everybody's personal story and their culture even Mm -hmm. might have an effect on it. Um, So that's some of the reasons. Other reasons can be illness. You know, some people deal with illness. Some people deal with death, you know, and then that season reminds them of that. Um, And some people can kind of deal with it a little bit better than other people. So we're going to talk about it from a perspective of what either clients or research shows when it comes to that. Um, But we're also going to talk about some of the positive stuff about it and what does help me anyway, um, have a positive yeah. attitude with, with the holiday season and what you can do. And to not feel guilty yeah. if you do feel happy. Yeah. <laughs> the holidays, yeah. Right? I yeah. feel like we talk all the time about, oh, the holidays are really rough. You know, this is a, this is a stressful time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that makes me feel like guilty being like, oh, well, I actually really enjoy Christmas. Like, is that yeah. wrong? <laughs> yeah. You know, and there are some other than the obvious, you know, people who have dealt with some serious issues during holidays or are dealing with serious issues in the holidays make it more difficult. Then there are people who it's almost self-inflicted that they are so stressed out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost mm-hmm. like the expectations that they put on themselves for the holiday season, you know, keeping up with the Jones and spending money that you don't have over committing yourself mm-hmm. to things and 
places and people and whatever, instead of really sitting down and looking at what do I really, how do I really want to do this holiday season and what's going to work for me this year? And then maybe next year you might want to be with the hustle and bustle. But I could tell you that in the last, last year, but particularly this year for, for Thanksgiving, we, my family and I, we were like, do we really want to even have turkey for Thanksgiving? Like, do we really? And like, who eats the turkey other than my mother? And my mom's not here anymore. Why are we stressing out about turkey? And so, like, we we planned a very basic little, like, we, we eliminated as much stress as possible, is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Like, we took control over that. A lot of people weren't going to be coming, which we were sort of relieved about, because then we're all into, like, the cozy, comfy kind of aesthetic right now. Yeah. So everything we do is, like, fuzzy socks and comfy clothes and whatever. So we just kind of sat around like that cooking and chilling and not making a big deal out of it. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be a very pleasant low key, but there are people, people that I know even that made such a big deal about the Thanksgiving that they stressed themselves out. Yeah. And then the day comes and then they're really stressed out because you know, dynamics and all that kind of thing. And then money. Yes. I mean, it's interesting. You know, we repeat the same thing every year, yeah. even though, Nobody really likes it or, okay, this stresses me out every year, but I keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's until, like you said, we take a step back and say, why do we keep doing this? Yeah. It's a tradition. It's because, I mean, in our house, um, you know, being from a Puerto Rican and Dominican culture, when I was growing up, we had all of the aunties and uncles and third cousins and first, everybody was all around, right? So the holidays... We're happy and fun because everybody got together. The adults danced salsa and merengue and the kids were all hanging out, you know, having gifts and playing else. Like we had really fun kind of Mm -hmm. Christmases together and presents open and all kind of stuff. But as we've grown older and we've, you know, first generation and second generations have come along and they've Americanized a little bit more with how Christmas is supposed to be and not be. And also the other thing is we don't do Christmas Day. We do Christmas Eve. So, like, we stay up all night, and then midnight comes, and everybody gets to open their presents. That's cool. Which I've learned. <laughs> my mom my mom, um, told me that, actually, all the titis and my mom and everybody used to lie to us and tell us that it was midnight, but it really wasn't midnight. Like, they sent us to sleep and woke us up early and made us think it was midnight, you know, kind of thing. But, but we grew up with that, like, thing. And so Christmas Day is not... A thing for us. So yeah. you wake up, you you know, you eat whatever leftovers are or whatever, but you're not stressed out. You're sort of like playing with all your toys and calming down and everybody's going home. Mm-hmm. But that's not really the American kind of way to do it. Like no. Christmas day is like the big day. Maybe one present on Christmas Eve. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Um, so that w- that's sort of like what I grew up with. But now reality, if I try to re- recreate that with the way the world is right now and the way everything is right now, I would stress myself the hell out Mm -hmm. because first of all, everybody's lives is not conducive with that kind of thing. You don't really have the amount of people around to sort of take on more of the burden. So you would be taking on more than, than your share. Plus kids are different now. They just have different, you know, (laughs) our fun idea was to be outside playing the whole time, you know, on whatever on your bikes and whatever it was. And they, Mm -hmm. you know, everything's electronic. So, but still, with anybody else who's trying to recreate all the fun stuff that they had when they were growing up, that's almost like setting yourself up to be disappointed, to yeah. be sad, to feel like it's not enough because it's, you're never going to be able to recreate whatever it is 
that it was. It's interesting that you brought that up because that was almost verbatim something I read in multiple articles. Is that oh, really? something that really creates a lot of stress mm-hmm. and um, sadness is trying to recreate mm-hmm. 100% this really, really happy Christmas memory that we have. Yeah. And, you know, it's really hard to recreate memories. Yeah. And almost 100% of the time we feel disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and but it's crazy because I mean, of course, look at look at the media. You know, that's what it pushes these like perfect Christmases, <laughs> and the majority of people's Christmases are not anything like the Hallmark movies or anything like that. You know, yeah. everybody has their individual, unique, different ways that they either have to, or that they choose to, or they culturally, or because of their socioeconomic, you know, whatever the reasons are that they do it differently. So I get trying to incorporate because we still do. Christmas Eve, right? So we still are going to do Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Are we going to do the 50 million cousins and tias and uncles and dancing? And, uh, no, like, no, we don't do that anymore. If they were, if it was the same sort of lifestyle and era and all that, it would be fantastic for like, even my, my nieces and those guys to experience that. But, yeah. but you know, it doesn't exist anymore. And you have to kind of, we have to just accept that for what it is and see what we can do mm-hmm. that we like to do. And keep it, you know, within the realms of what's going to make us happy and create new memories, you know? Exactly. I was just going to say, instead of trying to create or recreate old mm-hmm. memories, yeah. you know, accept them for what they are and create new ones. That's yeah. it. You yeah. can try to incorporate things from the past, obviously. Yeah. That's what traditions are for. Yeah. But trying to create, I think you're trying to create a feeling, yeah. right? You're trying yeah. to recreate exactly how you felt 20 years ago on that <laughs> yeah. Christmas, you yeah. know? And yeah. when you don't have that same feeling, yeah, you feel... Yeah, and, and one of the things, like my mom, she was always like the, the, for listeners who don't know, my mom passed away a little bit over a year ago, and um, so she, you know, the matriarch and the person who got up early in the morning and started making the pelnin, this a Puerto Rican um, sort of staple for Christmas, and her arroz con gandules and everything else that they make, and the smell and everything, and then I have one nibbling that really gets into doing that with her and all that kind of stuff, but now that she's not here, like we almost felt the pressure to sort of like, oh, we should keep up mommy's traditions of the... Mm-hmm. And then we said to ourselves, so do we really want to do that? And, you know, my niece said, you know, we're not doing all of that. We're not, we're not doing all that hard work. This year, we're going to pre-plan and we're going to pre-order and we're going to have everything yeah. made. And we're going to have fun and take it easy and have like low-key. We're not going to sweat it in the kitchen. And that's, that's not like... I was, I was actually relieved to hear her say that because... It takes the pressure all of, off of all of us and off of her, but it also kind of gets rid of the notion that, oh, God, mommy's not here. And in order to honor her, we have to do it exactly the way she would want. Mm-hmm. Maybe she wouldn't want us to do that now that she's not here. Maybe she wants us to just sort of chill out, you know, and we don't know. But trying to kill ourselves to do it the way that she used to do it just for the sake of we can honor her in a different way. You yeah. know what I mean? And so we're and we are we're honoring her in, in, in a different way. But. But so getting back to the sort of mental health issues involved. So one of the things that we were talking about is that there's this sort of myth, I guess, um, or misinformation that suicide rates go up around, you know, the holiday, particularly around Christmas. Excuse me. And really, that apparently is not true, that the suicide rates are higher. But what does happen, though, is people tend to experience more feelings of depression not necessarily clinical depression, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but people tend to get what Victoria said um, earlier when we were discussing this, is the holiday blues, where people, and that 
that makes sense to me where mm-hmm. people get the holiday blues and they get down or they get sad or they miss people or, you know, they don't have the money, whatever it is that's going on with them. But it seems to be a, a high percentage of people. Yeah, actually, I mean, a statistic that I got off of the NAMI website, which is National Alliance of Mental, mental illness. illness. Okay. Um, was that 64% of people with a mental illness already um, report a worsening of mental health symptoms during the holiday season? Yeah. I mean, 64%. That's pretty high. That's is... pretty high, and that's pretty sad. I mean, yeah, yeah. And they did break it down. It was like, I think 40% um, said it was just a moderate increase of, mm-hmm. of worsening symptoms, but 24% said it was severe, like yeah. very, like worst time of their yeah. Yeah. year. And so let's talk about that for a minute. Cause what can be contributing factors to that? You mentioned, you know, mental illness. So maybe some people have some conditions and disorders that get triggered by certain things. Right. I know that a lot of clients and some, a lot of people in my family deal with seasonal affective disorder where when the yeah. time changes and the weather changes and there's it's dark no at 5 p.m. Yeah. They, they really like their depression really sort of like mm-hmm. comes up and kind of hangs out there for the whole season. And I'm the complete opposite. I love snuggly kind of weather and mm-hmm. all that. But there are people who are, and my mom was one of them too, who really are affected by that. And because that happens to happen, that happens to be during the time that the holidays take place, then maybe there's a little mixture of those two things. So I agree. You know, so you wonder if they're in Puerto Rico where it's all sunny and bright and whatever, would they still be feeling, you know, mm-hmm. this way when it's sun and, you know, good times out there, party, beach, whatever. And here it's just sort of gloomy and dark and, you know, for a lot of people. So maybe that contributes to something that's already feeling kind of sad mm-hmm. and low. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just imagining that, that that might be part of it. I think so, for sure. Yeah. And I think probably the biggest thing is expectations. It mm-hmm. seems like expectations is really what's causing a lot of the anxiety and holiday blues around um, these this time of year. You know, the expectation of anytime you say, I should be happier or I should feel happier, that statement alone causes a lot of negative emotions, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and it's uh, there's actually a cognitive distortion called should statements. Yeah. Basically, you... Oh, I don't know how to say that. I was going to say you should mm-hmm. never say should, mm-hmm. but that seems kind of backwards. But yeah, anytime you place I should be doing something or I should mm-hmm. feel this way or I should be this way comes shame. Well, what's wrong with me? Why am I not happy during Christmas when everyone else around me is happy, which is bullshit, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, like we said, most people are not. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the, the seasonal affective disorder, mm-hmm. the time of the year, I think expectations of being happy and frustrated that you're not can mm-hmm. cause a lot of holiday blues. And the stress <clears throat> that everybody puts on themselves to have oh, this yeah. perfect hallmark type of, you know, keeping up with the Joneses kind of fake and phony is what I call it. Yeah. Holiday, you know, and, and that is judgy. I mean, I totally own that, but that's judgy, but I see that a lot. It's mm-hmm. like whose tree is bigger, whose decorations are more, who's got the, the most expensive gifts, who's got more people coming to their house. But are these people that you even have anything to do with ever? No. Yeah. No, these are people that you talk about behind their backs. Most of the time, are they talking about you behind your back? And then all of a sudden the holidays come and these are all the people that are getting together you know, to supposedly celebrate each other. And then let's not even talk about behavioral issues that take place and, and tension and all that stuff. But, you know, let's show everybody how great and wonderful we are by having this huge giant 
celebration with all these people that I never see you with all year long. Mm-hmm. Suddenly here you have a house full of people that you never talk about. Like you guys never hang out. Like you know, you don't talk to each other. You don't see each other. You don't talk on the phone. You just keep away from each other. And then suddenly the holidays is for that together. How many, how much stress can you put on yourself and those expectations that what you're going to hit it off and just be all lovey-dovey with everybody mm-hmm. who you're not really having a relationship with necessarily all year long nurturing anyway. Um, and then the gift giving, I mean, that kind of gets out of control. Like, it does. Like it really does. And I'm not, I'm not opposed to gift giving because we are always had like a bunch of even fake kind of gifts under the tree, just, just to have something to open and to look at. But it wasn't based on necessarily how much money somebody spent on this and who's is more expensive and showing off the gift and all that kind of stuff. We just sort of like the, um, the process of, you know, like, especially with kids, you know, watching them open it up and get, you mm-hmm. know, all that kind of thing. That, that part was, that part is, and it's still fun and you should still enjoy that. But like you said, the expectations. So if you're having high expectations of what your Christmas is supposed to be like, and then the reality of what it's really like, you kind of faking it. And, you yeah. know, it's, it's that of course can cause all kinds of feelings. And I think people who do have all of these things that make up like the quote unquote perfect Christmas. Um, I don't think that's what's making people happy. Mm-hmm. I think what's making people happy is really not having all this pressure expectations yeah. on themselves, you know, because that seems to be the biggest difference. Like mm-hmm. someone can be miserable yeah. throwing this million dollar Christmas party at their mansion and giving away all the gifts and, you know, they could be really unhappy where someone who doesn't have very much money and just a little bit of family mm-hmm. around them, they could feel overwhelmed with happiness. Yeah. So it really doesn't matter how close you get to achieving this perfect Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's really about your perspective. I it's guess. your perspective. And it's also what you tolerate. Like right now, if I try to have one of those big Christmases that we used to have in our family all the time, I don't think I could tolerate it. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I think I'm in a different season in my life where I appreciate the cozy, comfy, sort of slow living Christmas, you know, like I really yeah. like that right now. I like, I like it and I want to enjoy it a little bit more. Um, so I don't know that I would want to. And it be seems around. like your family wants that too. My family, yeah, they seem to be like really into that right now. And you know, the new dog and you know, we're just sort of like in our comfy zone and we don't yeah. want, we, we just don't want a lot of hoopla and that's nice. It's nice. You know, it's just, it's nice. It's a nice little bubble to be in right now. Um, that might change though, right? So next year we might decide we're all going to go, I don't know, to the Dominican Republic for Christmas. Or we might not have, like, we don't know, but you can't putting the pressure on yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, or let's talk about the fact that a lot of us have allowed ourselves to be pressured into things that our family might want us to go. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, I was listening to a podcast and this person was talking about how 16 years and he hasn't gone home to see his where he normally lives. He hasn't gone back to see them in the few times that he has. He's left early because he's trying to force himself to do something that just doesn't work for him. It just, Mm -hmm. he's just not, he doesn't feel it. It's not there. It's not whatever, but it's what you're supposed to do. It's what you're supposed to do. It's the pressure that gets put on him and all that stuff. We don't know. All family dynamics are different. Some people might feel like they're, they have no choice that this is just something that they have to do and they have to deal with. And that brings on, their mental health issues, you know, makes them feel sad, makes them feel stressed out, fatigued, Mm -hmm. overwhelmed. All of these things that Christmas should not be around. Well, the holiday season should not be about 
um, and why people still choose to do it. We're never going to know all the reasons why people still choose to do it. And we shouldn't be judging them necessarily either, you know, because we don't know. I mean, lucky, we're privileged. We don't have that. I don't have that. I don't have to deal with that. You don't necessarily have to deal with that. But we can't speak for all the other people who do have. Yeah, I would assume it's a feeling of, or a fear of judgment or disappointment mm-hmm. or obligation. Yeah. I mean, I remember, um, several years ago, I had decided that I was going to go to DC for Thanksgiving and spend the holiday with my friend. And I think that kind of broke a lot of the brains in my family because <laughs> they were like, what? <laughs> and it was, it was, it was really interesting. Cause it wasn't like, you can't do that. Or how dare you? Mm-hmm. What I kept hearing was, you can do that. <laughs> like, is that a thing? Look at that trailblazer. <laughs> like almost it was like this weird taboo mm. unallowed. And I was like, yeah, why not? I was like, sometimes it's really stressful. Like I want to go see my friend. Yeah. Um, and DC is nice in the Christian during the holidays. It was, pretty, I love, I love my family. Love my family. That was one of my favorite Thanksgivings yeah, ever. It's nice. It's nice to, and it's sometimes nice to just be by yourself and do nothing and just watch the parade and eat yeah. whatever you want. And, and that's exactly what we did in his tiny, tiny apartment. Mm-hmm. And we had, I think, like takeout chicken. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, it was really simple. There was nothing in there that was mm-hmm. saying like, this is the hallmark Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. everything we needed. And I felt very content. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so there's that. Um, so guys, let's see. Let's talk a little bit about. You know, when your mental health is affected by the holiday season, regardless of the reasons or regardless of what you can and can't do to prevent it and why it's going on, you know, if you're feeling, what are some of the things that you're feeling? If you're feeling grief, for example, that's a good one because for me, you know, not having my mom around for the holiday, this is the second holiday season where she won't be around. So it feels a little bit easier right now. Um... But I still have those feelings that come up like, oh, you know, like you miss her and the traditions and, and that kind of thing. It's, it's not, you know, horribly heartbreaking where I can't enjoy, you know, the holiday or anything. But I do have my, my sad moments and whatever. Yeah. And allowing yourself to yeah. feel that. You do. You, you know, I do. And, you know, and, and it is what it is. And I just hang out with my other family and do what I need to do. But what do I do to take care of myself, right? Um, so... The first thing that I do is like you just said, I let myself feel those feelings when they come. I don't mm-hmm. try to pretend they don't exist. I don't try to pretend that I don't miss her when I smell a certain smell, you know, like about mm-hmm. somebody's cooking something or whatever. And it's like, I actually try to turn it into a positive. Like if my niece is cooking something that smells like something that my mom would be cooking, I would, I'll be like, oh my God, it's like you're embodying mommy and mm, that smells so good. And I try because if I sit there and, you know, just sort of let the sadness take over, that won't be too good. But if I ignore the fact that it's making me feel something, mm-hmm. then that's not good either. So I just Such honor it. Yeah, I let it feel. And if I need to go somewhere by myself and have my moment, I do it. And then I come back and I try to sort of like do what I can. But I don't put heavy expectations on myself like, oh, I'm going to party now because mm-hmm. I'm not there yet, you know. But And they're pretty good about letting me just whatever, you know. Yeah. So I think I think being around people who provide the least amount of stress on you who put the least amount of pressure on you, who sort of just accept you for where you are in your process of whether it's the blues, depressions, you know, or you just don't like the holidays because you have the memories that you're dealing with or, or whatever you have chronic illness, whatever the reasons are that the holidays bring you down and 
really take a toll on your mental health, however that presents itself, because we really can't go into how it pre- how it pre- presents itself for everyone, because it's different for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what's going on with them. Yeah. But, um, you know, if you're able to empower yourself about who's around you during this time and who you're around during this time, do that. Mm-hmm. If your two neighbors are just not your cup of tea and they're going to make those feelings worse because of whatever reasons, then don't feel obligated to be hanging around with your two neighbors, you know, like, um, and if there are family members that you need to think about what kind of boundaries you have to have with them, what kind of limit, because sometimes we can't avoid, you know, the family member or the whoever friend of the friend or whatever. Sometimes we can't avoid that without it actually causing more of a, of a, I don't know, um, scene or whatever. So sometimes you have to be the one to be creative about it and take care of yourself, whatever that looks like. You know, if you need to go in your car and take off, if you need to go back home and just rest, if whatever it is that works for you, you know, <sighs> okay, this does not mean go drink an entire bottle of wine somewhere or a bunch of beer because you're feeling some kind of way because I want to remind everybody that alcohol could be fun and all that but alcohol is a depressant on our body okay so if you're already having you know depression sadness the blues and all that kind of stuff it might feel good the first drink or two or whatever but eventually it's going to go the opposite way because alcohol is a depressant on our system so it's just what it is so just be very very careful with that Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, taking care of yourself, however that looks like in a healthy way, Mm -hmm. you know, some people overeat a lot and that's how they're self-soothing. Try to be mindful about that. Try to be mindful about how you're self-soothing if you're feeling some kind of way, you know, and if, if food is how you medicate yourself, then have a plan for yourself, have a, uh, you know, have extra support from your, your uh, mental health professional, have extra support from people who understand what that's like. Whatever it is that you need, make sure that you have that as a priority over what other people are expecting from you. Yes. And I do think we use the holidays as a time to let go and, Mm -hmm. you know, which is nice sometimes, obviously, but our brains and our bodies really like routines. Yeah. So if you're used to eating a certain way and exercising and you have this kind of daily Mm -hmm. routines you've been doing... It's actually going to make you feel a lot worse if you just cut all that out. For it two really months. does, <laughs> and harder to get it back up. Uh, yes, going again. So yeah. it's counterintuitive, right? You yeah. feel like you're giving yourself a break, but you're actually making yourself feel worse. So, um, you know, it's okay to treat yourself, obviously, yeah. but try to try to keep some routines in yeah. there. Keep your routines in there. You know, don't deprive yourself of the goodies that are there, though. Yeah. Like if your aunt makes your favorite pumpkin, whatever. Don't deprive yourself of that. Like have some, you know, like don't deprive yourself of that. Have a little bit and then eat a little bit more healthy the next day or something like that. But Mm -hmm. definitely don't deprive yourself. Um, So with people, I think, I think people get more triggered by other people around this time of year, you know, and so much of it is just like a repetition compulsion kind of thing that happens with family members. It's like you kind of revert back to whatever the dynamics were when you were lived all living together or all children or something. That is and then, totally a thing. Right. That is a hundred percent a thing, which is insane. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a trip. So, you know, if you recognize that you become that person or you take yeah. on that role, 
do something for yourself that's going to minimize, you know, that pressure on yourself. If you know that when you get around your uncle or your mom or whatever, it causes you to feel like you need to be the people pleaser or whatever. And then you go home feeling like your mental health really took a toll because there you are, you know, whatever. Regressed. Yeah. Try to have a plan in place. Try to have like, if you have like a favorite, you know, um, relative around, you know, like mm-hmm. use that person as a buffer, man. They're going to, if mm-hmm. they, if you and them are kind of close, they're going to know, let them know, Hey man, you got to come save me. Cause I just, <laughs> you know, and do that. But not, I, and I realize that not everybody has it that easy. And I know that it's like super difficult for people in ways that I can't even imagine. So I'm not minimizing that. And I'm not discounting that because those situations are very valid. But I think that at the end of the day, your mental health has to be the most important thing. It has to matter more than anything that has to do with the holidays. Yes, I would. I would encourage you all to not use. I don't know how to word this exactly, but to use the excuse of like, well, it's Christmas, you know, like I have to be around this person or it's Christmas. Am I really that mad about, you know, my aunt who emotionally abused me for 15 years? I mean, it's, you know. But, uh, yeah, Christmas doesn't change any of that, you know? And nobody, nobody should be forced to be around their abuser. I mean, I'm just going to flat out say that. Yeah. Christmas or not. Yeah. And whether your family members think you should or shouldn't or whatever. I mean, I know that that's for you and your family to work Mm -hmm. out, but you know, as an advocate, I will say that, that there's absolutely no obligation to re-traumatize yourself by being around an individual who, regardless of who they are, mm-hmm. if they have been a an abuser in your life. Yeah, for you the know, sake of a holiday. For the sake of a holiday or for the sake of the family or anything like that. Yeah. Make your mental health your priority. Do what you have to. You have to Skype in to hang out with everybody. Skype. Do people still Skype? <laughs> is that still a thing? <laughs> I, I didn't even blink twice when you said it. <laughs> okay, but what is it? What is Zoom. it called now? FaceTime. Okay, hey, FaceTime. Like FaceTime, if you can, if you can do that, or go and be limited in the amount of time that you can spend there. Mm-hmm. And if you're lonely and there is no one, and you don't even really have a family that you're having issues with, and it's just kind of you and everybody so far away, you know, that can be very sad for people too. That can make people feel lonely. That can take a toll on your mental health. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and to those people, I say, if you're not like me, who really embraces and enjoys the cozy, comfy by myself, you know, sort of aesthetic at home, and you really want to thrive around other people, but you're lonely and there's nobody really like everybody, then there are plenty of places that are happy to have, have you there. I mean, if you're a faith, you know, if you're some, a, what am I trying to say? If you're a person of faith, you know, find a faith community around this time that you can be a part of, you know, and do some of the charity work that they're doing. Go do some of the volunteering. Like I know for me, I have, Right here next to my home and my job, there's a women's shelter and a men's shelter, homeless shelter. And I volunteer by taking them food. I volunteer mental health services. Like, I like to volunteer my time Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So if I was feeling lonely or feeling the need, because let me tell you, when you serve others, it really does something for your mental health in Mm -hmm. a positive ways. You know, like, if you're doing it without burning yourself out and you're doing it without sacrificing you you know, and you're doing it correctly, it is very meaningful. And if you start feeling like what you're doing is meaningful and, and it's, it's connecting you, you know, with something outside of yourself, it really can do wonders for your mental health. Mm -hmm. So if you can find a way to volunteer, to mentor, to help 
with the homeless, to do whatever it is in your own little neighborhood when you're by yourself. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. It doesn't have to be Instagrammable. Is that a word? <laughs> it it doesn't have to be like for Facebook. It doesn't have to be for show. You know, it's like, it's for you. It's for you and for your mental health, for you to know that this is an option that I had. And I decided that in my loneliness or my sadness or my whatever it is that I'm feeling, I am going to quietly go to whether it's the faith-based community or the church or the shelter or whatever, the school, you know, the, the, where, um, assisted living, you know, wherever it is that people are needing other people mm -hmm. and help them, you know, help them hang around with them, you know, have a little visit with them, go to the animal shelter, help the animal, like anything that you can do like that is really does wonders for your mental health. Absolutely. Definitely helps with connection. I mean, mm -hmm. the opposite of loneliness is connection. Yeah. Right. So that's definitely a way to connect people and help people. Yeah. And yeah, that actually, I didn't even put that on the outline, but that was listed as like the eight ways to help manage your mental health yeah. Yeah. Um, during the holidays was volunteer. Volunteering. I'm telling you, that's it. You know, and, and, you know, we're in a time now where we all, we're all guilty of this kind of getting lost on social media, getting lost online. And it's unfortunate because I think that even though it connects you to the world online, it disconnects mm -hmm. you from what's going on in your own neighborhood, right? Like yeah. it's like, creating a lot more loneliness. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, it's very tempting if your mental health is already sort of like suffering and not at its best and it's the holidays and you're just kind of scrolling online and looking online and losing yourself online. Um, you know, I, I'm here to tell you that that is not really good for your mental health. And if you're finding yourself doing that and you're finding it difficult to break away from that, I really strongly encourage you to reach out, find ways to break that because you don't want that to be the thing that you self-soothe with mm -hmm. the majority of your time. You really don't. That causes more harm to your mental health than anything else, even yeah. though it's the easiest thing in the world to do to lay in bed and scroll on your phone and, you know, do all of that. So yeah, I can must... reference our social media yeah. episode about my... Yeah. <sighs> yeah right spiral into yeah. that world so. yeah and it's easy it's easy because it's it's private nobody knows you're doing it mm -hmm. you isolate even more and your brain is still being stimulated so why do you need to go out and be stimulated by real people and real whatever i hate people i don't have to deal with them i'll just deal with it online but you know at the end of the day you want your mental health to sort of be elevated and that mm -hmm. does not happen online it just doesn't happen online Agreed. um yeah. So agreed. So those are ways. And you mentioned earlier the alcohol. I really just want to impress upon people that that's really important because it's so, 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 so easy during the holiday season to really overindulge in alcohol. And I can see why it's festive. It's fun. It's there. Everybody does it. And I'm not saying don't drink. I'm just saying be very, very aware of the fact that overindulging in it can actually increase your negative mental health because it really is a depressant. Yes. You know, on your body. So be very cautious of that. Especially the day after. Yeah. Be very cautious of that. Um, so that's that. Um, you know, we really, we're not going to get into all the statistics. We're not going to get into all of that kind of thing because, you know, A, it's boring. And B, you can look that up yourself and it'll all be in the show notes. But, you know, we just kind of want to keep this short and sweet. And just to say, we really hope that whatever your idea of an honest, genuine, peaceful, I'm going to emphasize the word peaceful, holiday season, you choose to have for you. Let that be what you do. Let that be your self-care. Let that be, make your mental health the number one priority throughout 
the season. And if it's partying with everybody and that really helps your mental health, hey, do it. But if it's being quiet at home and watching really cheesy Christmas movies and, mm-hmm. you know, hanging out with your dog, do that. Try your best not to feel pressured into doing what everybody else expects you to do or what everybody else seems to be doing in order for you to be able to feel like your Christmas or your holiday season is as good as anybody else's. Yeah. That, like it's valid. Yeah. Like it's your Christmas. You create up your car. Yeah. <laughs> and and really, you know, and we're gonna leave for anybody who, who feels like they're in crisis or anybody who feels like all of this sounds good, but it's just not something that they feel that they can do. We are going to put some resources and we're going to put some references and things that you can, in the show notes, we're going to put that for you so that if you guys need to use that to help you, you have at least a place to start yeah. and, and, you know, and keep your mental health, your number one priority. And these will be some resources that you can use to help you um, do that. Yeah. Cool. And I agree, you know, create, Create the Christmas that you want to have, regardless of what's been happening year after year. That's like the dumbest reason I've heard mm-hmm. to keep doing something. Oh well, that's God. how we've always done it. That yeah. doesn't mean it's right. Like, and we humans, we just, it's almost like the self-fulfilling prophecy. We create these situations for ourselves that, yeah. that really make no sense. You know, when in the end, if slow, simple is what you want and quiet is what you want, if party city is what you want, then party city is what you want, you know, but do it because it's going to bring you joy and mm-hmm. it's not going to mess with your mental health. Exactly. And if you need help, if you need help and you're one of these people in this ridiculous statistic that shows that most people mm-hmm. have an increase in negative mental health issues during the holiday season, first of all, know that you're not alone because that's high. What did we say? 64%? Mm-hmm. That's pretty high. So we are in the minority, me and Victoria. You guys, if this is going on, reach out for help. Ask people, get re, get support, do whatever you need to do to manage it and get through it the best way possible. You're not alone and it's nothing to be ashamed of. Exactly. Nothing to be ashamed of at all. And it's definitely time to drop this thought process of it's Christmas, so mm-hmm. I should feel happy. No. Or I should feel anyway. No. You shouldn't feel any type of way. No. Just allow yourself to feel how you feel. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, yep. All right. Merry Christmas. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dennis, now we really do hope that you all have, um, you know, the best holiday that you can have and that you do find resources if you do need resources to get mm-hmm. you through these times. And, and if it can be jolly and happy, more power to you. Exactly. Right. All right, everybody. All right. Until Take next care. time. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. Victoria here. Thanks for listening to Studio Talk. We hope you enjoyed our conversation into all things related to mental health. As always, you can head over to Studio Talk on YouTube or on Xiomara's website at thex-studio.org, where you can click on the podcast tab on the top menu. Sign up for our email list is there, as well as check out all the links and resources, including Xiomara's website, in the show notes. That's all for this episode, and we hope to see you next time. If you are experiencing any psychological distress, please call 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.